When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you like the great outdoors? Are you or are you looking to be a master bow hunter, king of the hill in archery? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bow Hunter Planet. It's the Bow Hunter Planet podcast with your host, Team BHP. Hello and welcome to the Bow Hunter Planet Podcast. On tonight's show, we have myself, Dave Thomas, Jamie Noteboom, Brian Bauer, and Tim Azarana. And uh, tonight we have a special guest, Eva Shockey. So we're going to get Eva on the line here and uh, start chatting with her about her amazing life in the great outdoors. Eva Shockey, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on here. Yes, thank you for being a part of the Boner Plant Podcast. We highly appreciate it. Um, congratulations on the baby girl. That's really exciting. Uh, how's that been going? It's wonderful. She just turned six months, and it's just been it's been busy and it's crazy, but it's definitely by far the favorite, my favorite thing that's ever happened. Absolutely. I'm excited for you to get to the terrible, too. So we all have kids here. So. <laughs> Another few months, she'll, she'll be walking. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> she's on her way. She's, yeah, she likes, to, she likes to move, and she likes to be on the go, and it's crazy because every day it's getting busier, and I'm like, every day I think it's as busy as it can possibly be, and then the next day I'm surprised at how much busier it gets. Oh, yeah, man. I, I just It's funny because I just was talking to somebody, and, oh, I know what it was. A couple friends of ours were out um, at that Mike's place. You were talking about that fish oh, yeah, place. Yeah. But anyway, they they have a baby, and, and I was like, man, it's been a while. My, you know, my children are six and eight. And uh, I said, man, it's been a long time since I moved around a pack and play. <laughs> I was like, oh. Was, I was like, I don't know if I could do that again. But uh, One of the best experiences. Awesome. So, so with, you know, obviously you have a busy schedule coming up. Uh, you're a new mother now and all that. So what's your hunting schedule looking like this year? What do you have planned or coming up? Um, the one thing that I'm really, really excited about, I'm going on a Roosevelt elk hunt. Um, I've, and I've, I've gone on Roosevelt elk hunt before and I've never successfully gotten an elk. So I've, I've gone actually quite a few times and this would be probably my fifth attempt at a Roosevelt elk and I'm going with Leupold in November, which will be really, really, really cool. I'm excited about that. Um, and then I have a few other things sort of planned around North Carolina, Virginia, I'm going. I'll be going for whitetails with my bow in Saskatchewan, which is always a lot of fun. Hopefully, with my dad, will be there as well, which will be fun. Now, that, the Saskatchewan stuff—you guys have land there, right? That's like your own private land. Yeah, we do. We have. Well, we're outfitters out there. Um, oh, okay. So my dad's had an outfitting territory in Saskatchewan for uh, a long time. 10, 15 years, something like that. And so we go out every year. Um, I hunt. He actually also has a little family farm 
um, just like some land that he bought a few years ago. But I am not a resident of, of um, Canada anymore because I live in the States, and so I can't hunt there. There's rules in Saskatchewan. Oh. Yeah. A certain uh-huh. amount um, pass over the border, and I can't legally hunt at our family farm anymore, which is a crazy wow. rule. But wow. so I go, I go up to our outfitting area, and then my dad hunts at the farm. Um, I say farm; it's it's free range, no fences or anything. Right. But um, oh, and then strange. we kind of meet in the middle and hang out a little bit. Yeah, that's. You know, um, I just wanted to tell you, um, you do a really great job. This is Brian, by the way. Um, you do a really great job with your Instagram, and uh, I've been following you for a couple years now. So. Uh, Two years in a row, I've been on the Saskatchewan hunt with you. So I'd be at work and I check my Instagram, and you're freezing your butt off, and, and, and you know, you're sitting there, and you definitely put well, in the time. You. you know, you put in the time. That's for yeah. sure. So it's uh, it's pretty we cool sure to watch. Do. You know, it's really cool. Just last year, I went on my Saskatchewan hunt. Um, yeah, for my whitetail, and I was eight. I want to say eight and a half months pregnant, and I sat there, and I think right. it was an eight or nine day hunt. Yes. And I, my husband packed out on day two, and I was with him, and he was hunting. I can't remember the actual reason why he shot first, but anyways, he huh. was shooting first. I think he had to get back to back for work, so he tagged out on day two, flew back to North Carolina, had to go back to work, and I sat there for eight days, like humongous beach ball sitting there. Right. <laughs> and by the, end, I, the, buck, the buck that I was hunting, and we were looking for it for like three or four years on trail cam. Um, he showed up my last morning. We yep. were packing up to go, and I looked up from packing up, and he was standing 11 yards in front of my blind. Like, wow. we were literally about wow. to start talking and getting out of the blind. Yeah, it was one of those hunts I think it was meant to be. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. exciting. That's, uh, um, okay, so um, Taking Aim. Tell us about the new book. This sounds very exciting. Yes, it is. It's uh, We've been working on it for almost two years now. Yeah, but almost two years. So it's been a long time coming for me. I know people have just been hearing about it recently because I just started talking about it. But it launches officially on August 29th. And it's a book. Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a memoir because that wasn't the purpose of it. It's more just a book about telling people to get out there, follow their passions, no matter who thinks you're crazy, just do whatever it is that you want to do and that you love doing, which is essentially the rule that I followed my whole life. And people thought I was crazy to start hunting and drop all the things I was doing, but it's what I love and it's the lifestyle that I love leading. And um, now I'm very happy that I followed my passion along the way. So that's essentially what the book is telling you. And then it's telling a lot of hunting stories along along the way to kind of lead to those messages. Nice. And I mean, it's cool. being, being a... Um uh, this book, I mean, is this something that's going to appeal to uh, like a lot of different age ranges? You think, or like guys and girls, or I mean, where do you, where do you see the audience? It in? is. It that was actually one of the hardest things about it because I have a lot of people that follow me, obviously that are hunters, but then I have a lot of people, surprisingly, that follow me just because I promote a lifestyle like a healthy outdoor field to table mm-hmm. type movement lifestyle, <laughs> and so I have a lot of people that aren't hunters, and I was trying, I'm trying to appeal to both of them. So we had to walk a very fine line of you explain it enough so that people that do hunt don't think it's annoying and then people that don't hunt <laughs> can still, it can still appeal to them and they understand what you're talking about. Um, and then in the meantime, it, I mean, I think it would appeal to young girls, older women, males of all ages. It, it really is intended to appeal to anyone that just wants sort of an inspiring story and um, something to leave when they finish reading and walk away being like, yeah, I want to do whatever it is that, you know, I've been thinking about these last few months or last few years. I want to go pursue that passion. 
So, so we noticed to go along with the book, you also are coming out with a wild game recipe book. And we've been, you know, on Facebook, we see all these amazing things you've been cooking. Will all those recipes be involved in that book? Um, it's not this one that we just came out with, so it is available. And the booklet, I, I call it a booklet because I wouldn't say it's a full book where it has tons and tons of recipes. It has my top favorite recipes. And it's just intended it's for people that are get pre-ordering, taking aim. They get a link to it, and then they get it automatically. And it's just sort of, um, I wouldn't say it's, uh, like, really, really crazy high-end by any means. It doesn't say quantities a lot of the times or exact times. It's more like if I were to give you, as my friend, my favorite recipes, um, that's how it's written. It just kind of says, put it on, put it to this temperature, cook it until it's medium rare. And it's just giving... Um, recipes that I've cooked with my family for years and people always ask about. So it's just intended to kind of be a friend-to-friend type recipe book, which has had a really good result. And I'm I'm really excited about because people have been cooking everything from it and tagging me in it, which is cool to see my recipes all over the place. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's exciting. And, uh, you know, there's... So what's it like to be on a national news organization and, like, talk about hunting? I, I always thought when I watched that, you know, I think it was a year ago or two years ago when you did it, it was just like, wow, you know, it's like it's a big stage to be on and a lot of pressure, you know, talking in front of the world. You know what I mean? Like, how did that go? I mean, what was it like? You show up there and they start putting powder on your face or like, how does it go? You know, <laughs> I absolutely do know what you mean, because I do. I remember when they asked me about it and I was sitting there going in my, you know, at my desk or reading my emails thinking they want me to be on this hugely publicized national of platforms and talking about hunting and at first it was a little bit shocking and then I really took a step back and realized that that is a huge opportunity and it wasn't something that I did because it was going to get me ahead. It was something I did because I felt that was an opportunity to talk about hunting on such a huge scale and have so many eyeballs on on the topic of hunting and I was doing my very best to promote it in such a positive way and a way that maybe people don't think about all the time that I hunt because I want to provide for myself and for my family and eat the wild game and put it in our freezer and put it on our table and know exactly where your meat comes from. Um, I think that's an angle that maybe some people that are opposed to hunting have not considered and as they're sitting there cutting into their steaks at the dinner table. So that was an opportunity that I really thought um, was worth following up on and I it was nerve-wracking and I would say the most nerve-wracking thing is because it's live and whether I say something that's you know incorrect or I say something that I fumble my words or on the alternative side of that would be the interviewer I don't know them and for all I know they're coming to grill me live on TV and I'm going to be sitting there in my chair you know with, with my tongue tied and thankfully we had some really incredible um interviewers and no one no one intentionally did that by any means and it was just they just were really genuinely curious about what I do and why hunters hunt and all that kind of thing. And Fox News, I'm grateful for them because they really got our message out there as hunting's a good thing and we as hunters are conservationists. And it's amazing the people that got to hear that that maybe wouldn't have had a chance otherwise. Yeah, that's a, that's a great angle too. I mean, you, you do so well uh, talking about the con- conservation side and like you said, the, uh, the, the food to table part. Um, is there, is there, do you get a lot of kickback? Do you get a lot of pushback from non-hunters? I definitely do. It's, it's bizarre because I'm at the point where I almost don't even notice it, but I think if the average person came and read the comments that I get on a daily basis, they would be horrified at what I see and came towards me. But honestly, it's just, yeah, it's just, there's so much positive out there and I really tried so hard to focus on all the wonderful people that I that I can reach and that I can converse with and I can relate to 
using social media and using those platforms. Um, the negative people, I really try to just, you know, I it kind of slides off my back. It's something I've dealt with for a long time, and I think there's so much more positive than negative. I try to just take it with a grain of salt, and I either try to educate them. If it's really bad, I'll block them, but um, I spend my most of my time dealing with the people that are interested or at least open to what I'm doing as a hunter. That's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, anti-hunters are not very nice, and uh, they, they're just all over the place. Just not even a lot of nonsense. But uh, I, I think we get here too once in a while. It just it just depends. And, and also, you know, we had one guy do a video. We did a video, and he uh, he cut a fish up wrong. <laughs> you get it from the hunters. He's actually here taking pictures. It's funny, but he, he got so much negative comments about this stupid video of him cutting this one bass up. I never seen anything like it. And they're like he should be cutting you up and all this stuff, right? I'm like, come on, man. And really, we had to change the title we to changed how the title. not to fillet a bass. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's mostly. I mean, it's, everyone's behind their computer screens, right? And a lot of oh, people yeah. feel a lot oh, tougher yeah. behind their keyboard than if mm-hmm. they're in real life. And that's one thing. I think another thing. A lot of times they're just naive to what we're actually doing, yeah. and they see the surface of it, but and they hear you know the negative um, report of what hunters are—the stereotypical negativity—but really they don't actually know that we're cooking we're hunting that animal because we're putting it in our freezer we're going to cook it we're hunting it because we're putting money towards conservation we're hunting it because we're turning off our computers and getting outdoors with our families i mean they just don't see all those things that as i said before they're probably sitting there cutting up a steak or chicken breast as they're typing on their computer and they're not realizing that that steak or chicken that they got from the grocery store is from an animal <laughs> and yeah. it sometimes takes a minute for them for them to compute that what we're doing is exactly what they're doing. We're just eating meat, but we're we're um, closer to the whole field to table movement than what they are. And I think sometimes it just takes a minute for them to you have to explain it. Sometimes a little slower, and then it, it, the light bulb goes off. Yeah, the, recently, uh, the last two years on Boner Planet, I've been um, tagging this idea of venison, the real organic, because you know it's meat that's not processed or messed with and tainted or hormones. And I don't think people realize that, that you can eat fresh, organic food if you kill venison and eat it. Like, they just don't realize it. And this is another funny one. Yeah. And the guys are going to be mad at me for bringing this one up, but I have to do it. Because I, 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 I don't think you've heard of this, and I heard it today on, on NPR radio when I was driving to work. <laughs> I have to ask. Forced bathing. Have you ever heard of this? Forced bathing. Oh, I did hear about that on NPR. Um, no, I don't okay. think I have. So... It's, it's not what you think, by the way. No, I know. I know exactly what it is because I told Jamie earlier, and he's like, don't, don't ask to anybody tonight. I'm like, I got it. I gotta, it's on NPR. I got to talk about it. So the forest bathing is a Japanese cult, uh, cultural thing, I guess, where you pay a guide to take you in the woods to absorb nature. <laughs> think about that. So... To, what bathe, we as to hunters, bathe in nature, to bathe. Yeah, in, but yeah, what we as so hunters do all the time, all over you yeah. what we've already discovered and known about, yeah. right, this magic of hunting, you sit in your tree stand, you're just loving life, you look around, the breeze, the trees, the smell of pine, the smell of cedar. These people are paying just to have someone Maybe tell them, slow them down, like slow them down, right. just to yeah. take it in a little bit. Wow. <laughs> Which is incredible, and I mean, it sounds a little goofy when you say it like that, but really, I mean, they're doing no different than what we do. Maybe they don't have access to what we have, or I don't know, the Japanese culture is a little bit stricter probably than over here in America or North America. But, I mean, they're going for the same end result as what we want. We want to go into the woods and we want to absorb it. And I always say nature is my cathedral. I go in there and I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm in this 
humongous church and you're closest to God when you're in there with all the trees and wildlife and nature and it's it's essentially they're just putting a word to it, which is a little bit funny, but actually I might start using that because yeah, <laughs> it makes I, me want to go into the woods by hearing what they're doing out there. Well, yeah. I mean, stuff we've already done, right? It's like, wow, that's something we've been doing for years. I mean, ever since I was a kid when I hunt, that's, you know, I love sitting there listening to the breeze, just chill out and, and break away from mm-hmm. what we consider to be normal life or whatnot. But um, having that hunting, you know heritage is amazing so i don't know but yeah so back to you uh so about hunting so when it comes to bow hunting uh specifically because we're born of plants we'll ask about that um uh, you use a bow tech correct i do yes i've used been with them for a long time and they so they have uh you have your own lineup correct the eva shaki bow i do it's a signature series it was actually the first signature series that Botech ever um released or offered i i think Actually, it's still the only one that they offer. Not um, for long. I think, I, think we were, <laughs> I think we were at ATA oh, for that Tony one. Tony again? I'm, Tony tr- I'm pushing My dad has been trying to get his own boat for a while now, and every time every time we talk, I'm like, Dad, how's your signature boat? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah so. he, he would love to have one. But I guess I guess the, the whole reason that I have one is, again, it's sort of like when they asked me to speak on the news networks. I don't. I don't think they asked me because I'm Eva. They just asked me because I'm a re- representative of female hunters, and that's yeah. the Bowtech boat. It's called the Eva Shockey signature bow, but, and it's an incredible bow. It's my favorite bow I've ever shot, but it's just because there's so many incredible female hunters out there and archers, and there wasn't something that was being offered that was high-end that they could use. They had to, If they were serious, they'd have to go shoot a men's bow, yeah. and I think that's thing that I'm fighting all the time is that they're serious female hunters that deserve the same quality product as the men have and Bowtech answered that and that's the bow that we created and it's been a huge success which is really incredible to see how many female hunters take archery so seriously yeah that's, uh, that's sorry awesome. sorry we missed you at the ATA this year yeah. we did we were there a couple days there at the Bowtech booth but you couldn't make was, it obviously you're a little busy I know it <laughs> I don't remember the exact dates of ATA, but I know it was right during, I had my daughter on January 12th. I think it was actually during ATA, so I was a little bit busy at the time. Yeah, I believe your dad was there saying, I might have to leave any second. He had his phone out, he was ready to like take off or whatnot. He's like, I might be out of here. <laughs> we actually, we named her Lenny Bow. Her middle name is B-O-W, like Archery Bow, and I think that's <laughs> oh, cool. cool. That's very cool. Right, right during ATA, so. <laughs> so now your your husband, he was a, is, is or was a hockey player? Yes, he was. He he just he's thirty three, which is too old from hockey, which sounds crazy, but it is. He retired last summer, and we moved to um, Raleigh, North Carolina. And now he's doing commercial. He's a commercial real estate broker. Cool, awesome. cool, cool. Did you, how'd you how'd you like the hockey life? You know, there's a show called Hockey Wise, right? <laughs> there was. I was actually yeah. We we toyed with the idea of being on it at one point because <laughs> nice. they kind of they cover females that are have sort of interesting lifestyles and or the wise doggy wise and we toyed with it but tim my husband is not a big fan of um being on reality yeah <laughs> i don't blame it as, they like spin as things I think, yeah. as having yeah having watched that show i don't think many of the husbands are fans of it because it's funny to see them trying to avoid the camera but um the, the hockey lifestyle was it was eye-opening. It was um, very different from what I expected going into it. It was yeah. not quite as glamorous as you, you assume it would be. It was they tell you where to live and they trade you and they move you around oh, and yeah. they lower, they send you down and send you up. And I mean, we lived in Russia for two years for hockey. It was interesting. It was something that I would never trade for anything. But I also wouldn't want to go back and yeah. do it over again. Um, it was kind of a great thing to do before we had our, our daughter and experience and we spent a lot of time in your face in little tiny apartments here and there 
Um, but now we're, we're very happy living in Raleigh and having a bit more of a lo- normal schedule. Yeah, that's, that's, cool. that's cool. It's funny because we're, we're, for some reason, we have like a lot of strange connections in the hockey world. I don't know why. We're, we're like friends with Bud Fisher. And then we're, we're, we have uh, Dave Booth. Used okay. to come, Dave Booth lives close to us. He used to play for Toronto. He played for Florida Panthers. But I know exactly what you're talking about. One day he's here. He's driving me around his Audi, Audi R8. And he's like, check it out, man. And next thing you know, he's like, ah, I got to go back to Florida. Then they transfer me to Toronto. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> see you, man. That's good yeah, to see you. Yeah, and that's, I think, that's the thing that my husband, Tim, loves so much because he's a big hunter. We actually met at a hunting show five years ago. Ago, so I was there uh, appearing or working at it, and he came just to come see the show. And so we cool. started off from day one at, in the hunting world. And when you're playing hockey, I mean, the season goes from yeah. I don't know preseason like September or whatever August, depending what what uh, league you're in, and then you end in March or April or May or June, depending what league or how far you get in playoffs. So the whole entire hunting season, he's wrapped up in hockey. And if you're living somewhere conveniently that you can go sit in the morning before practice, he does. He would do that, but. Otherwise, he couldn't travel. You can't just take time off or have a sick day like a normal job and go hunting for the weekend. Um, yeah. He was really, he was really locked up with that. So this year has been the first. This last season was the last year he really got a chance to go sit out during the morning, sit in the evenings, and come traveling with me a little bit and come on some of the cool If he, so, yeah, if he's, um, he, he's happy about it. If he, if he's ever willing to be on the podcast, I'd love to talk to him because. I think it'd be it'd be an interesting conversation to have with somebody about what it's like to step into a hunting family. Like yours, because yours is like a huge yeah. honey family, not yeah. just a normal honey family, like a huge outdoor honey family. So it'd be an interesting concept to hear from his perspective, like how, yeah, man, I don't know. The next thing I know, they give me this gun and this bow, and I got to go shoot this. I missed, and I, <laughs> I can't imagine. He's actually, yeah, he could, he could outshoot me any day of the year. Nice. Um, I don't like to admit that, but he's actually standing right in front of me, nodding his head. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's his uh, athletic, sort of professional athlete background, because we go... Both hunting when we're practicing, we can shoot pretty much the same, pretty close. Uh, nice. But when we're in a hunting situation, my emotions just go through my body. I feel like I'm going to faint. And you look at him. I've looked at him drawn back. I'm the biggest bear I've ever shot in my life. He was drawn back with his bow, completely calm. It was Rock. like he was sleeping. Like I'm looking at him going, do you not have any emotions? And that's exactly what they have to do, I think, when they're professional athletes. They kind of switch on and switch off depending when they have right. to perform. And that's exactly so. He's an incredible bow hunter. So he would, I'm sure, he'd love to be on here. Oh yeah, for sure. Where did he? What's where did he grow up at? He's from Ontario, the okay. mecca of hockey players. Yeah, and he same. played. Man, he played for the, the Toronto Maple Leafs for a couple of years. He played for the Hurricanes, North Carolina Hurricanes, for a little bit. Um, he kind of jumped around all over the place. Uh, nice. Cool. So I'm probably get some of the wrong, but um, the last year he played was in. <laughs> Philadelphia Flyers organization, and then he retired from there. And um, he had a he had a great career. He was, he well, was incredible. And I mean, now I, he's doing something else. We're here. from. Uh, well, we're from technically hockey town, even though you know Detroit. It's changed a lot over the years, but we had the Iserman era, the Fedorov. It was a big hockey thing here, man. When when the Wings were winning, it was this whole town was lit up. Yeah. You know, automotive <laughs> and Wings. It was crazy. I mean, it, 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 to be a hockey player in Detroit when they won would have been absolutely incredible. You know, during those times. But um, now, being in North Carolina, do you guys go to Myrtle Beach at all, or not really? Uh, we haven't had a chance to go there. We try, actually. We've been doing a great job at getting out and exploring kind of all of North Carolina has to offer. We go to the beach or we go to the river. We go, we're go. we actually going to the lake, um, Lake Gaston, tomorrow afternoon. We try to really go to the mountains whenever we can go and see what it has. Just because 
we love traveling, we love adventures, and, and then in the fall when that comes around, we're going to hopefully be hunting most of the time on the weekends whenever we're not, um, whenever I'm not traveling. Uh, but you guys are building a house right so now, right? It's see here, it's unlimited. We are, we're building a house, oh my goodness, we have so much stuff going on. It's, yeah, that's awesome, you're so busy. <laughs> it's hard to really busy keep our head above water. Which, yeah, which is why I was so surprised. I remembered exactly the time of this podcast because of all these things we're talking about. But we are, we're building a house where we'd like to have some space. Um, we're hopefully going to get some property to be out. People ask me what my biggest deer are, and I, that is so not my most important thing about hunting. I literally don't even score my deer. And I, I do appreciate a beautiful big black from Saskatchewan 100%. I love it. I love seeing them come in. But, to me, it's more about being out there in the woods, seeing the wildlife, being the fresh air and nature, and then, and the end result, hopefully getting something. And like tonight, we're cooking an elk on our Traeger grill, and that's just that's just what we do on a daily basis. So for me, I know North Carolina, the deer are not quite as big as what I'm used to, and it's, you know, sometimes I have to look at them and really say, is that a shooter? I'm not sure if I'm just yeah. doing that or not. But ultimately, that's just not the most important thing the, to me, when, um, and I'm excited. Now that we have a daughter, we'll get to bring her out in a few years and teach her all about it, so if, just passing it along. If you are if you guys do go to Myrtle Beach, I'm just going to warn you, at night, if you walk the beach at night, like I take the kids for a walk looking for fish on the, the beach, there's these nasty things called spider crabs, and you don't want to step on a spider crab. They're seriously nasty. <laughs> <You know? laughs> We go up to we go up to the a little bit here and, and we get a chance to go fishing and there's a lot of jellyfish and stuff and they they'll get you pretty good too. Last last weekend my husband got attacked by them as he was protecting me and my daughter. So it was it was for a good purpose. But yeah, there's a lot of animals here we're not used to having back home. Yeah, that's crazy. Eva Shockey, thank you so much for being on this. If you're just tuning into this, ch- check out Taking Aim, Eva's new book that's uh, coming out. Well, you could probably get what Amazon everywhere, right, Eva? You can, yep, you can go straight to evashockey.com and it has all the links. So you can go Amazon, Cabela's, pre-order, anywhere on there. They have it. It's, it's, I'm so excited about it. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate it. And uh, uh, have a great year. And we, we wish the best of luck for you guys. And, again, congratulations on the baby girl. That is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Nice to talk to you guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.